This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. A prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Love. Make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine love, Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born into eternal life. Amen. I read that at my father's memorial service in July of 2013. We had just lost my dad, probably the most amazing person. He was born on all saints day. The man, the man was a saint is a saint. He is the most giving person I've ever met. I love my dad. His birthday is coming up November 1st. We launched real good stuff actually on November 1st. Last year was kind of the official launch of the recordings, the releasing of the recordings. In honor of him, I miss him a lot. I'm super grateful for his impact on my life. William James Clapson would have been Perkins. So I don't know if William was his name before his mom up and left. God bless you, Hattie. She's passed. No disrespect to her. She was dealing with her own stuff, as we all are. But my dad was abandoned when he was a little boy, and that created a chain of events. And there was a lot of stuff on both sides of the family that some of it I'm just learning now. There was a lot of trauma on both sides of the family. But as a mentor of mine, Leov Sofer said to me the other night in messages, I love how you continue creating. There's a vulnerability in my life that always is there. That's always been is even looking at my notes for this episode. I'm super grateful for my father. I'm grateful for that day in that church at St. Timothy's. I got about to console as to be consoled and I lost it. Like I just like, even now it's just like that when that part, like it just like, because I remember my father, like how beautiful he was and how people would just stop me. Like you look so much like him. And I was in this little town, right? Brookings is small, very small town. And people would stop me and say, you look just like him. And like grown men would start crying like people would start crying. Like even now, like those moments, like they they stick out in my head. Like my storytelling mentor Beowulf, he talks about like those moments 
in our lives, you know, that kind of expand. And those moments where these people just, who they explained that my father was to them. And it was so like beautiful. I'm super grateful for my father. I'm super grateful for a lot of things. Tonight's episode is about gratitude. Tonight's episode is about this room that I've been in with Project Room Key for the last, I don't know, they moved me in here in May. And as I was thinking about it over the last couple of weeks, if you follow me on social media, you might have noticed that like my mental health has been on like a downswing or an upswing, whatever you want to call it, erratic behavior. I got you know, mental health struggles. I think we all do right now, but mine are especially pronounced at the moment. And I knew this like room was coming to an end and I don't have a plan. I didn't even have like a bag, which got fixed today. Thank you to people who helped me make that happen. I'm stressed. My stuff's been packed because that's just my nature. I'm, I'm always like overly prepared for things because of my anxiety, my anxiety makes me naturally want to be overly prepared. If I'm not prepared, it's because I'm trying to go into it to learn as much as I can without preparation. It's it's consciousness of that, right? But like I've I've been packed for days, like weeks, like ready to go, knowing that they're gonna like let me go out of this room. And I've been thinking a lot about it because I've been thinking, I've got a couple of post-it notes here. There's a scripture in the book of Matthew. And I was looking at the book of Matthew. Matthew is my favorite gospel. All of these things have happened to me since the pandemic began. I remember being housed in a really homophobic, looking back what was basically an institution. I guess that's what they thought I needed to be in. Looking back, I was in this space that wasn't really safe. And I, in looking at these notes for this podcast, I wasn't healthy in that space they had me in. It wasn't good for my mental health. It was not positive for my mental health. My stuff wasn't organized. My stuff's been organized here since I've lived in this room. At the beginning of May, my stuff has been organized. Stuff hasn't been a mess. Things have been fairly clean. Even the people that like check up on the room and do all of that with the motel have commented on that. That like they don't really have to do anything except for change the sheets on my bed and like put in fresh towels and like spray down the bathroom and stuff. But that's it. Like everything is really clean in here. That wasn't that way when I lived with the previous organization, with the previous nonprofit that had initially gotten me off the street. Now, I've heard that there can be multiple steps and things like that, but that wasn't working, right? And I've talked in other episodes, and this episode's about gratitude, so I won't talk about... I'm grateful to not be there. I'll put it that way. I'm grateful not to be with that organization anymore because I've witnessed other really bad things recently with them, and I wish them well. I hope Godspeed on their journey they understand a little bit more of their role in gaslighting people and how they contribute to people's anxiety and their mental their mental health struggles. I'm super grateful that sometimes I do like lose it and when someone's not listening to me and I'm in a situation where I'm feeling uncomfortable and then I like 
yeah, you're not listening to me. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to put up some barriers. I'm going to make you think I'm a jerk. I'm going to make you think I'm an asshole because I don't want you to hurt me anymore. And there's a lot of things, the new mental health folks that I'm working with are talking to me a lot about authenticity and truth. And he even said that this, the main supervisor person said, you value truth with like a capital T, like it's very important to you. And I've gone through a lot of betrayal in my life. I've gone through just like my father, just like my great grandfather, Cafiero, just like my father, William. There's been multiple people in my life who have gone through things. I'm even thinking of our brother in high school, Jeremy right coming to live with us and not having a place to go and just feeling like when i was younger everyone should have a home why did this young black man not have a home and why couldn't we take him in we needed to take him in he needed a place to go and we had an extra room we had room for him it was a den that nobody was really using my brother and i were like trading it off and experimenting with it as a bedroom but like nobody was really using the room at the time it's always been important to me to advocate for people to be inside. This is nothing new. This isn't something that has just happened. I remember my uncle coming to live with us when I was a little boy and multiple other people when I was a kid. I took different people in at different points you know, in my life when I was able to. I just think about that. I think about the gratitude of the privilege that I have and recently the reminders that I've had about the privilege, about the, and I'm not just talking about being in this room because I'm sure people are like, why wouldn't you be grateful because you're in that beautiful room? But there's been issues here too, right? But I think about the fact that I was sleeping on a bench a block away after the previous place wasn't working, when I started realizing that we would be exposed to COVID and the room that next to mine was their room where they put the sick folks and we were going to share the stairs and everything. There was no way to get away from the people who were sick. I was going to get sick if I stayed in that building. I was terrified of what was going to happen, but everything fell apart. My mental health fell apart. I had two roommates who couldn't stand me and a number of people in the building who just had really serious problems and it wasn't working for me anymore. I'd been in there a year and that organization clearly, even after it didn't work out with them, the things that they said about why it didn't work out just weren't true. So here I am at the end of this five months thinking about gratitude and I'm thinking about this neighborhood that I'm in. I'm thinking about sleeping on the bench a block away and walking through this neighborhood when I was 28 with my friend Keith and my friends, John and Gary and walking through Chinatown and what that was like, what, what Chinatown looked like. I'm 46. So we're looking at like 18 years ago, like Chinatown is gentrified a lot. And in that time sleeping on the bench, like there was nobody outside, right? Think back if you can, because it seems like so long ago, think back April think about what you were doing in April in April I was outside when everybody else was safer at home I was outside alone I was scared nobody wanted to get close to anybody 
I was terrified about what was going to happen to me. I didn't really have anything. I was trying to figure out how to get my stuff moved from where it was. I had 30 days to move it. And there wasn't a lot. There was a little bit more than what is now, but some of the stuff is in storage. Thank you to the two different people that are helping me store the remainder of my things, which is not much anyway. It became clear to me that I had to start being grateful for them. I had to start sitting on that hillside and start sending them love. I had to start sitting on that hillside in Elysian Park and looking over East LA. And instead of sending them animosity and hate, sending them love, sending them gratitude, sending them light, sending them peace, even though they lost my paperwork, even though they, all of the things they put me through and how I watched them kick out every single one of us who was LGBTQ. And I watched them pick off every single one of us. And it hurts my heart. But I sat on that hillside and I sent them love. And I sent them peace and I sent them blessings and thankfulness. And a short time after, I ran into this guy from church on Thursday nights, Holy Spirit Silver Lake. His name is David. I love you, David. And he said, come and stay by us. Why are you sleeping off by yourself? Well, I'm sleeping off by myself because I want to be able to be mobile. And when I was outside, I didn't want to set up a tent. I didn't want to collect things. I didn't want to be... I wanted to be able to come and go as I needed to come and go. There are a lot of of stereotypes about people who are unhoused and I just didn't want any problems. And I figured I would, you know, take the easier way of, you know, having a pack and, and stuff and a blanket and just do it that way. It's not easy. It's definitely not easy. The hardest thing for me was accepting that I needed to stop walking. I needed to accept this friend's help. I needed to accept the time to be able to get a tent, which I did, and it was a little tent. They had it in a box that hadn't even been used, and I got the tent, and I opened it up, and it was so cute. And I set it up, and I had a little I had a little plant inside. I had it set up really cute. I had wipes. You know, I had a little food section. I had my little tent. It was on point. But I was only in it for a couple of weeks before I got a call from the worker that was working with me at the time. And she said, I got you into Project Room Key. I had to downsize. I gave away the tent. I gave away the really nice mat that I had bought. I gave away multiple different things. I gave away my blankets. I gave away my pillows. I basically just gave away all my stuff to this friend who had helped me out. This new friend. It was, there were two of them. And I gave it to the other one who had, was their kind of spot together. And it was, it was actually for the best. They're not going to listen to this podcast. I know. So I can say it was not for the best. I did not need to be there. When I got the phone call, I was praying to get out of there. I remember sitting in the tent like, Jesus, get me out of here. Like, this is not safe. This is worse than sleeping on the bench over in Chinatown. Fast forward later on, that tent 
someone set fire to that tent. Now, I don't know exactly what happened, but thankfully I wasn't in there. But that happened like about like a month and a half after I was in that tent. I gave it away to someone and then someone set it on fire. And I was like, that was weird because that happened over by LA City College. If any of you have followed my story, my backpack got stolen in September of 2018. I was sleeping by LA City College and the backpack got stolen. I was really upset. Something had said, get your ID and everything out of your backpack and put it in your pocket. And so I did. I woke up in the morning and the backpack was gone. I was so upset. I felt like such a failure. My gratitude list, my a book I was working on about community organizing was in there. I could not really find a way to be grateful at that point. I remember walking up to Hollywood Adventist Church where I would begin recording the following month at a million drops where we were renting space for the nonprofit learning center. And I remember just the gratefulness. I remember the gratitude that I felt for Pastor Brandon when he met me at the door that morning, that Saturday morning when my backpack had been stolen and I was in tears. And I remember walking up to those doors at the church that morning. It was so sad. I was brokenhearted. I felt like a failure. I'd been on the street for almost a year. had been 11 months I'd been on the street. And I remember him sitting with me and praying with me. It wasn't the first time he sat with me a few other times during this period and prayed with me. Thank you, Pastor Brandon. I'm so grateful for you as well. A Hollywood Adventist church. A couple days later, a guy was stabbed to death right on that same block where I had been sleeping. I feel like there are these moments, right? These moments where my mom says it's Jesus. My dad had, you know, feelings about it as well. I've certainly got feelings about it. I just, I know God guides me. I know there are angels, angelos. I know there are angels guiding me. I'm grateful that they're guiding me. A month after that backpack being stolen, we began recording for Real Good Stuff in October of 2018. And so much has happened. Brene Brown says, vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation, creativity, and change. I've seen that in my life. I'm super grateful for the vulnerabilities in my life. I'm super grateful that at the beginning of April, I was sleeping on the bench here in Chinatown. And because I reached out, because I asked, because I seeked, because I knocked, just like those scriptures in Matthew say around the do not be anxious, I was put into this room a block away. Now, if you know anything about this neighborhood, Chinatown in Los Angeles, it used to be Little Italy a long time ago. About 100 years ago, it was Little Italy. Things have changed a lot, right? I think about what's happening now, right? The Italians moved out of Little Italy. Some of them had moved into other parts of Los Angeles. And 
I'm sure developers or someone came in and Chinatown became this area, right? This area just north of downtown became Chinatown. It used to be Little Italy. The Italian American Museum sits right down here on Cesar Chavez. And it's the Italian Hall. There's this neighborhood right here, right? That's Little Italy that over 100 years ago was full of Italians and now is being gentrified again. So this is the second place that I've been housed in mental health recovery where I'm in a neighborhood that's being gentrified, where I'm literally watching people outside protesting, not even specifically that I'm in the neighborhood, but just the gentrification of the neighborhood. The first was Lincoln Heights, and it was Latinos and Chinese protesting the gentrification of their neighborhood, which also is a neighborhood where a lot of Italian-Americans live and have lived, as do they still around Chinatown here. There still are a number of Italian-Americans. There's an Italian-American church that I've mentioned in other podcasts right up the street from here. But this neighborhood was very rich with Italian-Americans, as it's still very rich with Chinese. I've gotten to know the people here at the motel. I've gotten to know the some of the people in the neighborhood, the shopkeepers. You know, I've lived here for almost six months now. I've lived here since the beginning of May. It's now, you know, almost the end of October. It's been six months. This has been my residence. This has been the spot that I've been living in. So I've also seen as well the people living outside. And thinking about that and gentrification and thinking about that of, you know, the beautiful dark brown skinned woman that sits out here on the bench and just smiles and just, just the sweetest smile. Not every day is good. And I know that. And I can see that some days, some days she's having a bad day and I can see it on her face. She doesn't really talk to me, but you can see it. And some days she's having a good day and she smiles. There's other people, you know, some of them sitting on the ground, you know, really, really struggling, really struggling. And and they're just there every day. Like these people, like, like, are we just walking by them? Are we just walking by them until they're violent? Are we just, are we just ignoring them? Are we just leaving them alone on the street? There's a guy in a wheelchair that sits over here and the guys in the red shirts from the business improvement districts, the the guys in the red shirts from the business improvement district here for Chinatown go up and talk to him a lot as do the cops. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the story is with him, but I just think about that too. Like why, why leave him out, out outside? Like he's in a wheelchair Like, why leave him outside? Does he have a home? I don't think he does. I think he lives outside. And I just think about all these people, right? All these people that I've seen, all these people that I've met. That woman from the other episode that walked around. You know, I'm not very far from Elvera Street, and there's a lot of people. There's apparently multiple churches in this area that, you know, help people. And there's just a lot of people everywhere in Los Angeles right now struggling. And I just think about, you know, the gentrification that rips apart neighborhoods. And the gentrification that's ripping apart Chinatown and Lincoln Heights and so many neighborhoods of the city right now. 
and I'm just grateful for the people that are speaking up about it, the people that are fighting against it, the people that are trying to stop it. And there's so many of you and I'm just, I'm so grateful for you right now. And I see you and I hear you and I witness you and I retweet you and I like your posts and I think about you all. And I'm so grateful for those of you that speak up about these things. I'm also grateful for the view of the jail and the metropolitan detention center. I'm grateful for the view of the county jail, the twin towers and the metropolitan detention center and also city hall and the old jail. And I think about the people that have been locked up there over the years and their spirits. And I pray for them because the windows are kind of this, like a, a little bit of a panoramic view. So I spend a lot of time thinking about these folks, right? Because the windows look out to these, these respective views. And I think about them and I think about what the justice that they need. Like I think about like my struggle, but like recently, like it really keeps being brought to the forefront for me of like, I'm not doing this just for myself, right? And I'm not saying anything about what anybody else chooses to do with their life, but I know that my life is bigger than me. My life is bigger than it's just Scott. I've got one life to live and I'm going to live it for Scott and make Scott as happy as I can make Scott. You know what makes Scott happy? Knowing that things are changing knowing that people are listening, knowing that my advocacy is making a difference, knowing that being the loud one that's going to write the feedback in the Sharpie or like do the strongly worded email or even maybe cuss you out and cut things off if we don't need to talk anymore. It's important to me. People's lives are at stake. I'm being reminded again of who I am as a Southern Italian American of the trauma that I've been through of the things that have happened to my ancestors with getting displaced, the things that have happened to me in the churches that I've been in where I've, you know, been basically told about churches. Don't, you know, this isn't for you. Cause I'm just thinking about all of this, you know, being grateful because I've been on both sides of all of it. Right. I was the gentrifier. I didn't know what I was doing. I had to have people that were living on the street sleeping without anything. And I will always remember them telling me, you think you know, but you don't know. It's going to stick with me forever because I didn't fucking know. I had no idea. I was this white guy from Oregon who just had this big heart who was buying them food from KFC and McDonald's because I was hungry too. And oh my gosh, yeah, I want to feed you too, right? Like I can afford an extra one, one for each of you. Sure. I had a job. I had an apartment. I had no idea the way my life was going to change. The way listening to them was going to change. The way introducing my friend Eric to them was going to change was going to change his life was going to change his mind and his trajectory 
bless his heart. God bless you, Eric. I'm so grateful for you. Like he's one of the partners who chose to take his life. I just keep thinking about this, you know, all of the things in the middle of the trauma, in the middle of the pain, there are things to be grateful for because had I not met those people, I would not be the activist that I am today. I wouldn't have the perspective that I that I have today. I wouldn't be able to say, yeah, I was that guy. I was that guy who moved into that neighborhood who was the only white guy in the neighborhood who had no clue that just thought that I was, oh my gosh, this is so fun. I'm young and I'm gay and I'm in my 20s and I had no idea that what I was participating in. Am I guilty of it? I didn't even know what I was doing. I was looking for an inexpensive apartment and it was for rent. There's still signs for it for rent. I don't know what's wrong with that building. Someone told me my apartment was haunted. I lived there for eight years and there was some haunted ass shit that happened there. I can tell you that. I can tell you that right now some haunted ass shit happened in that apartment. But a lot of fun things happened in that apartment too. I really love the Chateau Westmoreland apartments and that neighborhood But apparently that neighborhood's been gentrified too. Apparently that neighborhood has been overtaken too with gentrification. So I'm thinking a lot as I'm in this place now of how do I stop being the gentrifier? This is two different places that I've lived where I've seen protests. And again, they're not protesting me necessarily being here, but they are protesting gentrification. And I am white, and this is Tongva land, and I do want to go back to Italy, or rather go to Italy for the first time. I, I want to go to Italy for the first time and possibly live there. And I've been thinking a lot about this in this time, in this room, alone mostly. My friend Jacob, Jacob, I love you if you ever listen to this. <laughs> Thank you for being one of the most amazing friends that I've ever had. And thank you for standing by me and with me, even in really difficult, hard times. I'm really grateful for you, Jacob. But outside of Jacob, I haven't really seen anybody. I've been alone most of this time. And it's been difficult. It's been really hard. But I'm grateful for the things that have happened because amazing things have happened in these last five months. I think the most fun thing that's happened for me is I've fallen in love with cartoons. I've never liked cartoons before and they've opened up to me in a new way. I really love them. It's almost all that I watch. I love cartoons so much. Oh my goodness. We Bear Bears. I love We Bear Bears. I'm obsessed with them. I am also really hooked on Teen Titans Go. I really like Teen Titans Go. They're really fun. They crack me up. They're really snarky and sarcastic and, you know, just super funny and really cute and, and I don't know, kind of annoying and fun. I like it. <laughs> kind of like me. But I've fallen in love with cartoons and I really love, there's one gumball something, I don't know, Apple and Onion, I don't know. If you watch cartoons, if you watch Cartoon Network, you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm really obsessed with cartoons right now. And 
I'm thinking about cartoons and healing and the rainbow after the storm. And as I'm sitting here with all of my notes and just thinking about like my card, my index cards that I write notes on and my passion for colorful things and wanting brightness around me. It's not always easy. It's not always easy when things are happening, when, when you're moving through life and you're living in a culture and a society where your rights are being systematically dismantled right in front of your eyes, it hurts. It hurts to know that there are people that are struggling worse than I am. And I see them all the time. My heart goes out to them because I know how difficult it's been for me to access services and how many people say that there are resources and think that there are resources, but they're just, I don't think are. And I'm really grateful for the people who are doing the work, but at the same time, there's so many people that we need to help even more. That's why I podcast some new unique podcast opportunities I'm working on is my new podcasting wisdom series, which is many episodes, these little mini episodes. Some of them are three minutes. Some of them are up to 15 minutes. They're little mentoring episodes where I talk about what I've learned as a podcaster over the last five years, what's happened to me, things like researching a guest, making an outline, practicing, keeping going, keeping creating content, getting a business card, the value of social media for connecting with people. All of these things boiled down into like little points. Super exciting. I'm having a really great time with that. And then also the Italian lessons. That's been really fun. I'm learning a lot because with each word, I'm doing a little Google search and, you know, coming up with some things about Italy or about Italian culture or talking about what I know around each word. That's been really fun, too. I've talked about things like the month of August, how to say Augusto, how to say lion because I'm a Leo, Leone, Leonessa, talked about mental health. Singing, there's some new ones that I've recorded. There's a whole bunch of other podcasting wisdom ones that I've recorded. And this has been amazing. This has been amazing to create these podcasts. And it's all been sort of out of this, going to the Italian American Museum of Los Angeles, check them out online. The Italian American Museum of Los Angeles has amazing programming. I am loving it. They're having an event about heritage. And I don't know if this will since i'm moving tomorrow i don't know if this will air in time but check out they'll have probably the event still on their facebook page it's amazing i a m l a dot o r g i a m l a dot o r g the italian american museum of los angeles it's a great organization I really recommend that you make a donation to them because their programming is really super important to me. But it's really been impactful for me, right? This 
this museum and this podcasting. And then on top of all of it, like participating in these Toastmasters meetings and thinking about what that means to engage in becoming a better speaker. And then also engaging with these other folks who are also working to become better speakers and better leaders because I'm connecting now with all of these women and other people from all over the world. I had a guy reach out to me on LinkedIn. He apparently was in the twin towers. He's a blind man. I'm having all sorts of people reach out to me, people on Instagram, people on LinkedIn, people on Facebook. They're really interested in talking about what I'm talking about. Challenging stereotypes, challenging narratives. There's all of these people and it's really fascinating to me i'm meeting them in toastmasters meetings i'm meeting them in all sorts of different ways and i'm super grateful along with the podcasting i've thinking about batteries one of the amazing things that's happened during this time is we got rechargeable batteries thank you a million drops and the donations those of you who have donated that's one of the things that your donations have helped with is rechargeable batteries. We now have a few sets of those. So I've been able to recharge the batteries, which makes for amazing new opportunities for recording. I love that so much. I'm really into sustainability. I'm really into what I use and how I use it, right? And how I live on the planet. And so these rechargeable batteries are making a huge difference in my life. I really appreciate that. Thank you a million drops and thank you to everyone that continues to donate. We're really grateful for you. I'm also thinking at this time, along with the cartoons and along with the podcasts and along with all of these wonderful things, I'm thinking about the Sharpie art. I've got multiple pieces of rainbow Sharpie art in front of me. I've always fancied myself an artist. When I was a kid, my dad made a beautiful drafting table for me. It was huge. It was enormous. I loved it. It was large and in charge drafting table. My dad made a very large and in charge drafting table for me. I love my father. It was white and it was fabulous. It was big. I've always fancied myself an artist. I can't say I'm a good artist. <laughs> My drawings are a little bit not even cartoonish. They're very amateurish in a way, I guess. Very color outside the lines. But I love Sharpie art and I love creating with art. And I just, it's been fun because I've got this sketchbook now and I've got like hearts and redwoods and rainbows and oceans and more trees and more rainbows and more things about gratitude and all these things that I'm doing with this Sharpie art. I made a sunflower. It just, it's so much fun for me to be able to create with this art and it helps my mental health because I'm not even coloring in someone else's like box or parameters or anything. And I'm creating my own and I'm coloring that in for me. That's huge because my whole life I've, I felt like people have, lovingly tried to you know put me into different and I, I i can't be i i'm not i love sharpie art i love doing this sharpie art so much it it relieves my anxiety i'm looking down again and you know seeing these post-it notes do not be anxious do not be anxious
One of the things that I am most grateful for about this place is its proximity to Los Angeles State Park. That park is a newer park. It wasn't here when I left in 2011. At least if it was, I'd never been. But I love that park. That's the park where all of the monarch butterflies flew past me. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of monarch butterflies flying past me for 30, 40 minutes just surrounding me. I'll never forget that moment in my entire life in the middle of them just going by. And I just had to stop. Like I could have kept walking, but why would I walk out of that? Why would I leave the middle of that moment, that grateful moment, that wonderful moment of creativity? They weren't hitting me. They were flying past me. And I could just, it was almost just like I could feel them just as they were passing me saying, Scott, we love you. We love you, Scott. 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 I could just, I could, I could feel that just like I could just, it was like I could hear that as they were flapping their wings. I, we love you, Scott. We love you, Scott. We love you, Scott. God, remember that on the days that I get down. I've talked with some of the nurses here about my safety plan, K-pop. That song, Dynamite. <laughs> I know they're overworking those young men, but K-pop is on my safety plan. I love K-pop. That song, Be My Baby, got me through some winter time in Portland. And Portland, if you've ever been there, is dark in the winter time, and it's just really depressing. And I remember K-pop is what got me through. So that's part of my safety plan. Also, I've been doing a lot more gathering at churches. I've been really grateful for that and grateful for the time, even if I you know, don't like something that's happening, just the ability to be in prayer and gather with people of faith, thinking about all the different ways that I do that with different churches and Believer app and so many different people. It's, just, it's really great to be connected to people of faith that way. And I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking of all of the ways that I've grown. I'm grateful for all of the ways that I've grown. I'm grateful for all of these things. It just, it makes me think of God brought me back here for a reason. God brought me back here for a reason. And I'm really starting to see why. There's a lot of new, interesting things on the horizon. We're going to be working on a music podcast that's right. I'm going to be singing, singing songs, old hymns, songs that are in public domain, anything I can get away with singing that we don't need the copyright for. So if you're listening to this and you have something that you'd like me to learn, I'm super excited for Liav and the other people that are inspiring me to do this. One of my dearest friends, Jacob, said to me the other day as I was singing in his apartment, he poked his head around the corner where do you sing again? You need to share your voice with people. People need to hear you sing. I've got a I've got an ability to sing, but I get really nervous. So singing on a microphone on a podcast or nobody's watching me is <laughs> brilliant. I never thought about it, but I've got this equipment. And I've reached out to Liav, and we're going to start working on some songs together. 
and he's helped me before with my talking about a revolution song and my look to the rainbow song. So I'm really happy about him working with me and I'm excited about this opportunity for this new podcast. I'm also super excited about all of the women that I met at Dr. Sam Collins conference. It was this online conference with all of these women and it was amazing. And I've made connections with so many of them. I'm bartering and mentoring with this one woman. She's going to help me with like business stuff. And she's like, you're so on brand, but you're just not a business person. You don't even realize my whole thing. I'm, I'm not doing this as a business. I'm doing this as an activist. I'm doing this as an anthropologist. This is a, this is a listening project, right? This is a storytelling project. I had to be reminded and be, to be grateful for my story. My story makes a difference. I had to be reminded of that when I'm on this Zoom call with all of these 80 plus women after the conference of like 1600 women and I'm the only guy and there's multiple ladies from Cameroon and there's one woman on the call who I'm like welcoming into the space. Like she can't hear very well and I'm like including her and it's in the chat, right? Like, again, like, God is equipping me to be like, hey, Scotty, like, here's another opportunity to, like, welcome people in, include people. We totally connected, like, immediately. It was great. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And I'm recording with Sam Collins on Thursday over Zoom about that. We're going to be recording about encouragement. I'm super excited. I'm super, super, super excited. Thank you, Sam Collins, for just what you're doing and just, I don't know, just loving me. I love you back. And thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for seeing the light in me. Thank you for seeing the beauty in me and including me in what you're doing. It's really an honor. I'm really humbled by all of that. I'm super grateful for you, Sam Collins. I'm super grateful for you, Liev Sofer. I'm super grateful for everyone who is going to make those new podcasting endeavors happen. You know, the ones, you know, these ladies that I'm talking with, you know, in Africa and different places, just the stuff they're working on. It's not even stuff I'm with the podcasting wisdom series. It's the same thing, you know, just sharing knowledge, sharing what I've learned with them, helping them. And they in turn helping me and encouraging me being in community together being in community together and being grateful for each other and grateful for what we bring, right? A worldwide coalition of healers and leaders and empaths and givers and people who are working to love more, trying to love more, being more loving when they find that they are lacking in that department, encouraging one another. I'm super grateful for that. I also have a black literature podcast coming out. I've been trying to figure out like what's the best way to sort of dip my privileged white male cisgender toes into podcasting about black history. I love books. I love used books and I loved saving used books and This is a wonderful opportunity. The first book I'm going to read and talk about is 
The Blacker the Berry by Wallace Thurman. I've always been fascinated by the Harlem Renaissance. I love the Harlem Renaissance. I love Langston Hughes. I just, I love, my gosh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really into just Harlem and thinking about that time period and just all of the people that were there. And again, this sort of gentrification, right? This, this space is like sort of being invaded, so to speak with like other people like Harlem. But I've always been fascinated with Harlem and the Harlem Renaissance. So going and reading this book about this young woman from the Pacific Northwest, specifically from Idaho, and I won't ruin the book because I don't know the book, but <laughs> I have the book and I've made the outline for, you know, going through the different chapters and making notes so I can you know, talk about what I've learned. I'm very fascinated about what this year is going to bring about this second year of as real good stuff is growing. And as this one woman told me, I believe she's in Scotland. She told me that she's going to help me as I look at what's coming and what all of the wonderful creativity that's springing forth, all of the new opportunities, the ongoing Italian lesson shows. I've got a whole stack of cards here, vocabulary words. There's probably a good 50 words that I've written down now in preparation for episodes. Some of them will be linked up, but this feels really good to be creating and continuing to create. And the podcasting lessons, the podcasting wisdom episodes, those are all sorted and ready. So I know the other ones that I have to record. And once I'm settled into the new space, I'll begin recording some more of those. I still have about four more to upload. And then I'll be recording some more. They're almost halfway done. I'm super excited about all of this. I'm super grateful. I'm super grateful for all the things that have happened. I'm super grateful for a find that I made online today as I was Googling my hometown. And I'll just let you Google Brookings, Oregon and see what you find. <laughs> I'm just, I'm really grateful for my advocacy work. I'm really grateful for this new opportunity. I've been asked to sit on a new healthcare and mental health equity council. There are only 13 people that were picked. I was one of them that was asked to be on this council to speak up about the barriers to care and access to services for people who are in need of homes, struggling with their mental health, and or people who are LGBTQ. My mind is like completely opening up. All of these wonderful, amazing things are happening. And there's been some other things where some other stuff that I was involved with, I looked at recently and was like, oh, yep. It was like, I just felt like I am going the right way. Not every opportunity that presents itself to us is going to be the right opportunity. I was in the last space for a year. 
that was not the right opportunity. Looking at looking at what's happened in my life in the last five months, where I'm in a place where I'm being treated like a human being, I'm being loved, I'm being cared for, they've been so nice to me, versus how I was treated in the last place I was in, I was not treated like a human being. I'm being treated like a human being here, and it shows in what I'm able to accomplish and what I'm able to do and what I'm able to set for myself as far as goals and opportunities. And clearly I am flourishing in a lot of ways. My mental health is still in a lot of ways crappy, but that just is what it is. I think that's just the ups and downs of life for me. But I'm looking here at this Ottoman in this really nice motel room and seeing all of these notes and just so impacted by the brilliance of what can happen when we are encouraged to see what can happen when we are loved and we are given the space and we are given the opportunity to create, to be, to live, to love. I can't change the world. But what I can do is I can continue speaking up. I can continue speaking up about gentrification. I can continue speaking up about housing justice. I can keep, I can keep speaking up about mental health and healthcare access. I can keep speaking up about incarceration. I can keep speaking up about art as mental health. I can keep speaking up. I can keep speaking up about podcasting and how podcasting is a wonderful, wonderful way to do so many different things from community organizing to tell jokes to talk about your favorite sports, talk about your favorite TV show to whatever you want to use podcasting for. Podcasting is amazing. I'm so grateful for so many things. I'm so grateful for the Italian American Museum and the ways that you have unlocked my heritage for me and things that I've always had questions about. And now in the middle of the most vulnerable time of my life, I'm in what used to be our neighborhood. I'm in this neighborhood that was once Little Italy. Once again, it was intentional. I was looking for a place to sleep. And if you know anything, the fountain that I used to sleep by, I slept by there on purpose too, right? I slept by there on purpose. I came here to sleep in Chinatown on purpose because it used to be Little Italy. I was praying to the ancestors. Remember, I used to sleep under the mural across from Hollywood Forever Cemetery. I came here to Little Italy for a reason. I came here to Chinatown for a reason. I came to sleep and pray to the ancestors. I needed to get rid of anger. I needed to get rid of anger to those people who systematically picked off my friends who were LGBT. I needed to learn to be grateful for them. They systematically picked off all of us who were LGBTQ and got us out of the housing and bullied us out and did everything they could to get rid of each one of us. I had to figure out how to be grateful for them. I had to be figure out how to be grateful for all the people in my life who have tried to harm me for speaking up. I've had to learn how to be thankful for the anxiety because the anxiety isn't my fault. We live in a culture that blames us for all of the things that happen to us. There's no acknowledgement of all of this context happening in the world around us. Because I can tell you that most of the spaces that I've been in, the folks aren't, most of us aren't white. 
and most of us are LGBTQ, I'm grateful for all the people that are doing real good stuff in this city of Los Angeles, in this county of Los Angeles, in this state of California, in this United States of America, in this world, all of the people who are doing real good stuff, even on the days that we do real bad stuff, I believe that we all can do more real good stuff. We've been through a lot this year. I had no idea at the beginning when I released this in November what was going to happen. Life changes so quickly. So many things have come and gone in just five months. There's a lot of stuff that didn't make it into this podcast. It doesn't mean I'm not grateful for it. It doesn't mean that those people and those opportunities and those things didn't have meaning. They do. They taught me a lot. They really did. I'm really grateful for all of it. But what I'm most grateful for is I'm most grateful for my dad. I love you, dad. I love the way that you encouraged me to live into this activist heart that I have. I love the way that you kept at it, even when I didn't see it. I love how you've always encouraged it. I love how you encouraged even now. I'm so grateful for you, Dad. I miss being around you physically. I miss seeing your face. I miss your silly ridiculousness. I understand where it comes from now. I understand more of why you were, how you are. I understand more of why you were how you were. I'm so grateful for you. My Saint, Saint William James Perkins Clapson. Born November 1st, 1948. I'm so grateful for you, Dad. By the way, he is not the one who was Italian. (laughs) I just thought I would say that as I come to the end of this podcast. I'm so grateful for my father. I'm so grateful for my mother. I'm so grateful for all of my ancestors and my dad's mom, Grandma Hattie. I'm so grateful for my grandfather who also, you know, had his own, you know, we've all got our issues. I'm just so grateful for everyone that has led up to me being here this day. This day is what we have. This day is what I have. Do not be anxious. Open up, open up your hands. So I invite you to think about what you're grateful for. I've been taking to writing things that I'm grateful for on index cards, on post-it notes, on sketch pads. Think of your way. Is your way a podcast? What's the best way that you can go about giving thanks? Being grateful, exercising gratitude, because it is an exercise. Gratitude is an exercise. It's more than just a gratitude list. Put it into practice. 
See what happens when you write it down. See what happens when you do more than just write it down on a list, but you actually like work that gratitude into your daily life. As you breathe in and out. If you're a regular listener, you might know that I love Biddy Mason. I adore Biddy Mason. I would encourage you to Google her. B-I-D-D-Y Mason. M-A-S-O-N. Biddy Mason. Amazing woman. Amazing woman. Biddy Mason. If you hold your hand closed, nothing good can come in. The open hand is blessed. For it gives in abundance, even as it receives. Biddy Mason. If you hold your hand closed, nothing good can come in. The open hand is blessed. For it gives in abundance, even as it receives. Biddy Mason. Thanks for listening to Real Good Stuff. I'm Scott Clapson. Have a great day. This little light of mine.